So if you've got a Bible handy, Winsome's going to come up and um, read to us from Luke chapter 2. Um, it will be on the screen behind you, but uh, feel free to read along. That's, this is going to be easier. Trying to avoid the steps, and um, that mic doesn't work. Well, you did great. <laughs> waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marvelled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So, morena, tēnā koutou katoa. It's the second week of Advent, and yes, I'm dodgy on those candles. Um, there's lot people interpret them lots of, and lighting is pretty powerful too, isn't it? Um, this week is about longing. Now, I was in an office meeting. I met up with someone this week, and they asked me. Um, they asked me, so tell me, Colin, what was the desire that brought you here? And that was reasonably easy to answer. And then they said, okay, Colin, what was the longing that brought you here? And I just kind of, it was quite hard to answer. We experience lots of desires in our lives. There are short-term ones, shallow ones. Uh, who here has something specific they're really looking forward to getting at Christmas? There's bound to be some, yes, a baby. Well, that's probably got some layers of longing in there. <laughs> For, yep. Um, there, there's the light ones. There's the, and look, summer's upon us. I don't know about you guys. Do you ever get that thing, just to the opening of a can, the sound of the opening of the can, and then drinking something that's icy cold on a hot summer's day? No? No one else? Yes, just a, just a few. Um, Linda and I had this thing. When Linda, when, she, when we came to Hong Kong, Linda likes Coke, and so, but um, here, try this. This is how you say Coke in Cantonese. Horlock. Have a go. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. We decided, everybody, we tried it a couple of times and they said, no, that's too hard. 
you know, too hard for your first words. So um, Linda learnt to say um, seven up, which is chut, hey, here we go, chut, hey, going up, yep. And uh, she said that she'd been in Hong Kong for about two days, and they said, oh, you speak like a local. I was very depressed. But that, that you have these desires which are short-term, things that you just want. And I had thought about getting people to call out what they wanted, but I was a bit nervous because, you know, if it's a kid calling out what they want for Christmas and mum and dad know that they're not going to get a pony, that, you know, that, and they've declared it to everyone, that's, that's, you know, I could do a lot of damage, so I'm not going to do that. But just for a moment, think about what you'd like for Christmas and, and just, you know, for yourself, think inside, is that a desire or a longing? Because the desires are often the short-term stuff. Um, you know, first cell phone. People hang out for that, eh? The power of a cell phone. And you want it to be one that your um, friends are going to look up to. But that question of, Colin, what is the longing that brought you here? Longing is something deeper. So what are you longing for? Well, why did you get up and make your way here? There'll be some desires in the process. You're hoping there'll be a good cup of tea or coffee. Um, that the seats will be... We, you see, we have some comfortable seats now. <laughs> you might be hoping for great teaching, hoping to have a conversation with a friend. You might be hoping that you'll have a God encounter. You might be hanging out for someone to pray with you. Could be all sorts of things. All good things. But if someone asked you, what are you longing for? That's that lower question, isn't it? So if you ask people what are they longing for, which I've been trying a little bit, well, people are longing for a life partner, someone to share their life with. People are longing for a break. How many feel that in the lead into Christmas? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, some people are longing for a change in a relationship that's broken. Um, there are people who are longing for a family to have kids, grandkids. I've got a friend who's confined to a wheelchair who longs to walk, no, forget walk, honestly wants to be able to run past me. Longings tend not to go away. And there's a cost to not getting what you're longing for. Um, there's this um, verse from Proverbs. I'm never sure if I like it. You'll have heard it. It gets quoted a lot. Proverbs 13:12 talks about hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled, a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So the longer you're hoping for something and it doesn't, you don't get it, it has this effect on you, which most of us know. Um, the band U2, they wrote a song called Desire. Anybody know the song Desire by U2? Oh, the, yeah, all of the same generation, yes. Uh, okay, let's just do a little check. Desire, um, but they also wrote a song about longing. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Who knows that? There's something about the longing thing that's deeper, that taps into us. Longing. The reason Advent brings up longing is that Jesus was a long time coming. There was lots of waiting for the Messiah before the Messiah came. And when you're reading through the Bible and the Old Testament, you get these snippets of Israel's longing. And we read the story of Simeon and Anna. I love the way Luke is even-handed. Make sure both genders are involved and valued in that. That's really cool. Something lovely about Luke. Both these older people living their lives waiting for something, longing for a Messiah to come. And then this baby, and they're not going to see the results of it um, in their lifetime and Simeon says, oh, great, now you can dismiss your servant in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation, 
So this wasn't just a, a desire for the Messiah to come, but a longing. And in Hebrews, it says that longing is actually a, a, a basic part of faith. In Hebrews 11, the writer talks about the nature of faith and gives us a long list of heroes. He tells us of Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham, who he says were longing for something. And then he says, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. This is in terms of what they were longing for, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on the earth, saying they never quite got what they were longing for. And carried on to write and say, People who say such things show they are looking for a country of their own. Okay? If they'd been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return, but instead they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. They were longing for a better country, which is, I think, that longing thing, some place better, where things are right, where my deepest deepest hungers are okay are satisfied in way, some way and that's what the Jews wanted from, for, from their Messiah and the Hebrews writer I, I, I find that interesting if they had been thinking of the country they had left they would have had opportunity to return that temptation remember when it was better in the past <laughs> let's all have a good Christmas shall we we, we're kind of new in the church hall, but the time will come when we're annoyed by it and people will think, oh, can we just go back to that building? Um, if you've been in there since Saturday, we really can't. <laughs> the building guys have been doing a stunning job at ripping it down. But that temptation to go back to the time in the past, we remember when it's right. And it's interesting, the writer of the Hebrews says, no, no, they kind of could have done that, but they were longing for something better. Longing for a better country, a heavenly one. So what longings are you carrying? What underneath? I reckon it gets easier to know as you get older because the themes keep coming back. You tend to keep looking for the same thing. I was um, asked about it because I was seeing a person about, I'm going to be, we'll see, I hope to be trying a... Um, a way of praying next year and, and I'm getting some guidance on it and the person was asking me about longing and, and we're going to see if my uh, desire for God in this is kind of surface or a bit lower and that'll show by what time and energy I put in uh, but I've had a temporary assignment um, I'm spending a certain amount of time each day sitting and just trying to be aware of God's gaze, God looking at me. That's all. It's a really interesting exercise because you become aware of longings and also of my own internal distraction. <laughs> um, and it's the first time I've been, I feel like I've been asked to do a kind of praying that is not full of activity. That almost says praying is longing for God. Which isn't terrible. And if that was the case, how would you or I express that longing? God, we want more of you. Now, if you're feeling guilty at the moment, yeah, just put that off to one side. How would you like to express the longing you have? 
Even more tricky is how might we do that together? Can we do that together? Was that just a solo activity? Let's park our longings just for a moment and think about God's. Well, we know that in Jesus, God was longing for us. Son of God came to seek and save the lost, wanting to connect with you and me, wanting to spend time with, share God's life with your life. That image, remember the story of the prodigal son, one tearaway son gone off to, and the father just waiting for the son to come home. God longing for the lost son to come home, be part of the family. That's God's longing for us. Wanting to be intimately connected with us. That's part of God's longing. Time with you. Shared. Not just that. In the prophets you see that God's heavenly city isn't just about you. There is this cry for justice. In Amos 5, the prophet points out the injustices that people are living, warns them if you keep living this way, it's not going to work. So seek good and hate evil. It's not time for business as usual. And then he has the scary bit, scary because here we are in church, and Amos writes, uh, hey, even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I'm not going to accept them. Even though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. It's all right, they didn't list guitars in there, so we're fine. Um, Occasions. Um, But... Let justice roll, like, uh, roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. We need, not, we need to not forget that God's desire on this earth is for rightness, for justice, for things to be as they should be. They call it shalom. So desire to spend with time to share life with you, with us, and desire to set things right. Two of God's longings. And that gets worked out in our lives. I reckon that's part of 24-7 workers. I reckon they earn the right to look for rightness and seek justice to come. We have this incompleteness in us. Augustine said our heart is restless until it finds our rest in you. We have that. That's why that song, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, speaks to part of us that just knows I'm not completely centered. I want something other. And God is wanting that too. We long for relationships of depth while at the same stage we can be scared of them. You let people or God get close, you get hurt. We wish we knew our neighbours well. If they were nice. (laughs) We wish that we knew each other's stories and people knew ours. So, what does that mean for us? If we were imagining a heavenly country that we're longing for... Well, I think church is kind of supposed to be a bit of that. We can't quite get there, but we head in that direction. So I just want to share some practical comments about it. Starting with, look, I'm really proud of Parkland Baptist. 
I will never forget how, when the earthquakes, I know it's a while ago, rolled round, you sought to make places for people to serve others, to express that desire to set things right. I think that's stunning. I'm really proud of Parklands. I'm really proud of how we've tried to continue to make places to connect, where people can connect with others, and, and we hope we'll connect with God. But it is a lonely, disconnecting world. I love that Parklands thinks Bible uh, that God is alive and can speak now. I think that's marvellous. In more than one way. In the Bible, in words, in wisdom, in gifts given through our God-given personalities and sometimes despite them. I love how as a church we've sought to serve our community and be part of the justice rolling down like a mighty river. And I count in that the things we do, the Araha meeting last Saturday, who let the dads out, move and groove, movie nights, friendship clubs, foot clinic. There's lots in there. Icons, I can't list them all. And then I look at the stats for church in New Zealand and see this slow decline and see the number of Christians who leave churches and don't come back and a culture that has less connection with the Christian story. And I get that temptation, could we just go back to the old country? But for the most part, I'm interested in the other one, the one God is calling us to do. And for me, it seems like there's four relationships that are really important. And so one is obvious, that's the relationship with God. And at a personal level, that is how do we express our longing for God? What time is there, what energy, whatever it is. Can you just go for a walk with God. As a family, actually praying grace is quite easy because everybody eats. Just little indications of, I want to share my life with you, God. And then there's kind of, I reckon, two. That's the vertical one. There's two on the side. There's one to do with our relationships. I'll call it with one another. That's inside. And then our relationships with our neighbors, and I'll call that outside, but let's not get too fussed about inside and outside, you know, either way. And I do think there is a longing. Every human seems to long for someone else to understand them. If you can tell someone else's story well enough that they agree, then you have listened to them. And often in church, we haven't because we have an agenda. I know someone who walks around um, a community uh, praying and, and has conversations with people and tells me that they... In a conversation, they think, oh, I wonder if I can just share the good news of Jesus. And you know that feeling? Is there going to be an opportunity? Which is great. Sometimes listening is our gift and our understanding. So I muse for us about how we could get good at telling our own stories and listening to others. What would that look like? There's a, um, a crowd in the, Australia, they, um, a Christian community crowd. They call themselves the Waiters Union. You know waiters? You know with your food? They call themselves that because they think that they are people who wait on God. And then they wait on the people in their community. Are you ready? They wait so that they can serve well. They wait to see, is this my opportunity to serve you? And actually, I think it's quite a good model. 
quite like it. I don't particularly want to wear a waiter's uniform. But it's quite good. And I think we are those who are called to wait on God and wait on others. To live in a kind of tension because that heavenly city, that place that we're longing for, it's not quite here yet. So, well, what, what steps can we get that? And so, look, in a one week's time, Christmas in the park, if you're involved in it, I'm going to bet that most of us will be waiters. We'll be waiting for people to bounce on the bouncy castle and get off. And waiting to serve people um, barbecued sausages. Waiting for people. Hoping that we'll build more relationship with that. But, yeah, the waiters union. I think there's one other aspect. So I've talked about God one another, others. And I think that's got to do with the fact that we're made flesh. We're part of this creation and I think we're called to love it. To be involved in that. So what does that mean practically? Look, when we did this visioning exercise earlier this year, we noticed two themes. One was that we wanted to have deeper relationships with one another. And to do that, we'd kind of need to know each other's stories. And We'll try and make that a bit easier here, but a lot of that will have to happen outside of this gathering. It'll have to happen with meals together. It'll have to happen enjoying each other's company, playing frisbee golf. We've definitely got to have a frisbee golf competition. Just doing stuff together. And the other was looking at relationships, building relationships with people outside our church, deeper relationships there. Which is interesting, I think that's part of our longings for community. Our longings to be a community of God's grace where everyone is welcomed, where your story matters. And I'd like to think where it gets interconnected with God's story. So this gathering's great, but we need the smaller gatherings. And for some that's life groups, but I don't think that's all. And what does it mean? Well, I think actually we probably, some of us have to slow down a little bit. Um, basically, our culture doesn't want this. What it actually tells you is, uh, if you're feeling uncomfortable, well, fill your life with something else. This is the role of streaming TV. Um, this is the role of consumerism, buying stuff. It makes you feel good in the short term. Uh, I read somebody who uh, had, for a great period of their life, loved fried chicken, and they wrote that KF, um, materialism is KFC for the soul. Really nice. But you get pretty fat. Um, I'm quite like KFC. Okay. I think we'd need a little more space and to be okay with longing. Which brings me back to Advent. The reason you light the candles is we're not there yet. And we're reminding ourselves we're not there yet. There's still a couple of candles to go. Advent's a time to notice we're not there yet. To be okay with the fact that there is pain because a lot of longing comes out of pain. To know that God is calling us to a place, a heavenly city where things will be right. But we're not quite there yet. And to look for how you can do it now. Until the next advent when Christ comes. Those are my musings. I keep thinking of Simeon and Anna spending a, a, a lifetime waiting to meet a baby. I, reflect as I went, I was going to try and get us to talk together, but actually longings aren't easy to talk about with people. They're not that easy to face up for yourself. So what I'd like to do is just play a song. At the end of that song, we'll, um, 
we'll have a benediction and then tea and coffee. We've got some snacks to eat. Uh, we've got tea and coffee. Oh, and then a couple of minutes after that, we'll cue you and we'll have a bit of a family forum, tell you how we're at with the building. But I'd like to play the song and I'd like to invite you to think about, well, what am I desiring? That's the top level. Actually, what am I longing for? Is there a way to express that? So if it's longing for God, then it, you can take out time. If it's longing for connection with others, actually it will take some time and energy. What could you do? What decision could you make to invite someone else to be part of it? And if you're, you'd love someone to pray with you, we'd love you to have the opportunity. And if you're feeling vulnerable, like you don't want people to notice, tag someone, just walk a wee way off the corner. There's lovely seats in the shade and could do that. Sound all right? So God, you are longing to be close with us, to share your life with us and share our lives with you. And we know we too have longings. As we listen, we pray you'd be present. We'd hear your speech. I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence, and I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something I could be safe. 
God knows the desires of your heart, but your longings too. And God's plans for us are good. So we're going to say this, have a break. Probably you don't jump in to talk, hey, so what are you longing for as your first thing in any conversation? Often you don't, because it is often born out of pain and depth. That's something that we talk about carefully Shall we read this together? Our service has not ended. It has only just begun. For God is with us every moment of every day. Go then and offer the worship God desires. To do justice, to love kindness, and walk humbly with our God every step along our way. Amen. So there's tea and coffee, people to catch up with. Don't disappear without having a chat with someone. In about five minutes' time, maybe ten, we will um, just reconvene to do a, uh, an update on the building and just some family-focused forum stuff. Thanks.